0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And we'll be be reading the first nine verses following your Bibles as we read. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to the city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice today that we serve a, a great God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're good all the time. We thank you, Lord, that your mercy never fails. And because of that, we as God's people have true hope because of your grace and your mercy. I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we look into your word today to understand that we as Christians have a lot to be thankful for. And may we be thankful Christians. May we learn to count our blessings instead of our troubles. Lord, give enablement to bring the message. And if there's somebody here who's not yet trusted Jesus as their Savior, I pray that today will be the day they come to you in faith. And put their trust and their faith in Jesus and what he did for them on the cross. And how he died for their sin and rose from the grave. And I pray that they might be saved today. Just bless now we pray in this time. And Lord we do pray for little Oliver and we ask that you bring him back to health very soon. In Jesus name. Amen. This coming Thursday is Thanksgiving Day. A day that we are supposed to be thankful to God for His goodness to us. It's a day set aside by our nation to remind us to be thankful, and it's good that we have that day. We who are Christians are supposed to be thankful not just on a certain day of the year, but we're to be thankful every day of the year. Quite often in the Scriptures, we find commands to us to be thankful. We're actually commanded to do that. And also, the Bible tells us in Psalm 92, verse 1, that it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And Colossians 2, verse 7 says we are to be abounding with thanksgiving, abounding with thanksgiving. So it's a good thing to do it, and we're to abound with thanksgiving. And then 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15 says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So not to give thanks is to be out of the will of God. So if we're grumbling and complaining and not thanking the Lord, then we're out of God's will. The main reasons given to us in the Bible for being thankful are two main reasons. There's a lot, I'm sure, but two main reasons. And that is, for God is good and His mercy endures forever. We read that in Psalm 106, verse 1. 107, verse 1, 118, verse 1, Psalm 118, verse 29, and Psalm 136, verse 1, and also in First Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 34. It says, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. That's one reason. And the second reason, for his mercy endures forever. So we are to be thankful because God is our, is our God and he is good to us, And secondly, we do not deserve any of His goodness. That's really what it says. Be thankful for God's good, and because His mercy endures forever. In other words, you don't deserve the Lord's goodness, and neither do I. It's because of His mercy that we have that. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So, without the Lord, we could do nothing. We would have nothing without the Lord. Uh, Paul, Paul said this. He said that we should ask the question... What hast thou that thou didst not receive? And then James tells us that every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So every good thing comes from the Lord. Uh, and everything that we have, it came from the Lord. And without the Lord, we could do nothing. And so knowing this, it should make us as Christians humble Obedient and thankful people. This will set us apart from the world, because the world is not that way. We live in the last days, I believe. And Paul said when he wrote to, to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that in the last days, men would be certain kind of men. It's, it characterizes the type of people we'll, that will live in the last days. And when we read this list, we find out that we live in the last days, of course. The Bible says this, in the last days, men will be lovers of their own selves. In other words, selfish people. In the last days, people will be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. One of the characteristics of the last days is unthankful people. And then he says unholy, without natural affection. That in, would include the way that sometimes mothers don't seem to care much about their kids and fathers don't care much about their children and moms and dads don't care much about each other without natural affection. But also it would include homosexuality and uh, all this transgender movement and all this. It's, that's not natural. That's not normal. The Bible says it's not natural. And so without natural affection... And then truce breakers. And then the Lord says false accusers, you know, lying about people to get your way. That happens a lot during the political season, doesn't it? You hear an ad by somebody who's running against somebody else, and you think, that just doesn't sound like that person. And many times they're just telling lies, and they get by with it. And then incontinent. That means no control of your passions. And that surely characterizes today. Then fierce, and uh, that actually has the connotation of being like a wild beast, and of uh, fierce people, mean people. And we see that being played out today as we have all these crimes taking place and somebody coming up just to soccer punch somebody and knock them out and and somebody coming, you know, killing people or running over them with a car, car. Just fierce people. And then despisers of those that are good. Is, don't we live in that day? <laughs> when people despise those who do good. They they approve of evil, and they disapprove of good. Also, there were said that in the last days there'd be traitors, and people who are heady, that means headstrong, and uh, reckless people, uh, people who are high-minded, and then lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And how many, how that's played out today and uh, so many times that you think people would be in church, but they're out enjoying themselves, having pleasure, loving pleasures more than loving God, and then having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. I see that quite often in uh, news commentary uh, by on the conservative side, which I agree with most of the time because I'm, I'm conservative thinking. But you hear those same people who have those conservative values and you would think they would be religious people anyway, and then you find out they're not. I mean, they're willing to curse, and they're willing to go out uh, drinking and having a party like that. They're not living like Christians. They, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. We live in that day. Though the world around us is unholy and unthankful, we must continue as Christians to live godly lives and to be thankful. If we're not careful, the, the, the world's constant presentation of negative influence will cause us to become defeated, discouraged, disobedient, and discordant. We will become like the Israelites in captivity in Babylon. You remember what it says in Psalm 137? They hung their harps on the willows, and when the people asked them to sing the songs, you know, from their land, they said this, How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Well, we live in a strange land. We're just sojourners here, passing on to heaven. We live in a strange land, but we are not to lose our song. We are to be thankful people and happy people because we know the Lord. Amen. But we do not have to be defeated because our Lord is good. He is merciful, and there are many blessings to be counted. Our, our problem is never the absence of blessings. Let me repeat that. Your problem as a Christian is never the absence of blessings. Our problems many times come because we don't count those blessings, but we count the problems instead. We are sometimes good at counting the problems while we forget the blessings. It's like an illustration I heard many years ago. This man was going to work, and every day at lunch he would Sit down to his lunch and he'd open his lunch box and he says, Oh, goodness, peanut butter sandwiches again. The next day, he came to work and opened his lunch box and said, Peanut butter sandwiches again. And this went on all week long and he got so mad by the end of the week. He said, I can't believe peanut butter sandwiches again. And finally, his friend said, Now, John, why don't you just tell your wife that you don't want her to pack any peanut butter sandwiches anymore? He said, you leave my wife out of this. Don't you know that I pack my own lunch? (laughs) And that's us sometimes. We're miserable. We're fault-finding. We're not happy because we pack our own lunch. And we count the troubles and the trials and the disappointments, and we fail to count the blessings. And so we fix our own lunch, and we suffer because of it. So let's consider this morning some ways that counting our our blessings will actually be a blessing to us. If you count your blessings, it will have an effect upon you that's good. It will be a blessing to you if you count your blessings. Let me mention a few of those. First of all, counting our blessings will help us recognize the Lord at work. It will help us recognize the Lord at work. James 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift comes from God, comes down from above, from the Father of lights. So every good gift comes from God. But if you don't count those blessings, you don't recognize what God's doing in your life. Many times we can be overwhelmed by our problems and forget that God is working, and that God says He'll work all things together for good. Now, how would your wives feel? And those whose husbands are still living, and those maybe whose husbands have passed, But let's say, let's pretend that they're still living and and you were home that day and uh, you worked all day cleaning the house. You rearranged some furniture. You decorated with flowers. You fixed a great meal and had it ready for him when he got home. You turned the lights down low. You had candlelight at the table. You had soft music playing. Your hair was fixed just right. You were dressed really nice. And you had that special perfume on that he liked. And then he comes home from work. And he walks in the door and says, My goodness, turn some lights on. How's a man supposed to see? Why aren't my slippers here waiting for me? I've worked all day and I'm tired. Well, where in the world is the remote control? I want to watch the news tonight. Why did you move things around anyway? Well, don't just stand there. Get my slippers. Now, if you did what you should do, ladies, you'd probably slap him. <laughs> well, maybe not. But do it in love. <laughs> now, you'd be very aggravated, wouldn't you? Because you worked so hard doing all these good things for him, and he didn't recognize it. You know, we as Christians are just like that. God works in our lives. He loves us. He's planning things for us. He has a place in heaven prepared for us. He's using us along the way. And then we don't recognize any of that, and we grumble and complain about all that we, that's happening in our lives. And we forget what God's doing. You see, if you count your blessings, it'll cause you to recognize what the Lord's doing. We need to open our eyes. We might be missing wonderful evidence of God's work in our lives. And so that's one blessing. If you can just learn to count your blessings, you'll recognize what God is doing. Another one is this. Counting our blessings will help us recognize the devil's counterfeits. The devil's counterfeits. We will be more more ready to recognize the devil's deception and his counterfeits when we count the blessings of God. Let me show you some passages, I think, that, that tell us that. Turn turn with me first to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 4. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of the world and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. You see, if you recognize God's blessings and you count those blessings, it'll help you recognize when the devil throws you a counterfeit. It says in this passage that you will not be beguiled with enticing words. You'll not be spoiled through philosophy and vain deceits. That's the teachings of the world. If you are established in the faith, verse 7, and abounding therein with thanksgiving. When we're abounding with thanksgiving, we can see through the lies of the devil. When we're thankful for what we have, we can see through the lies of the devil when he tempts us in some way. We can see through that. And we'll we'll recognize the false counsel if we're thankful to the Lord. Another thing is we'll recognize wrong conduct. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. It's interesting how he says this. He says, but fornication... And all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become of saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Isn't that interesting? He takes all that list of bad things, bad conducts, and he just wipes it out with this last thing, rather giving of thanks. In other words, if you are a thankful person, you won't be doing those bad things. If you're thankful to the Lord for all that he's done for you, you won't be doing those bad things. I mean, it's, you know, as, let's take a husband that leaves his wife for another woman. And that happens so often. Or a wife that leaves her husband for another man. The root problem is usually unthankfulness. You're not thankful for what God has given you. You're not thankful for your wife. You know, you did everything you could before to win her so that she would marry you, or the the other way around, the wife thankful for her husband. You did all you could so you could get this person, and then after you had them for a while, you're no longer thankful And probably that's caused by unthankfulness of the other spouse as well. You become unthankful people, and the allure of the devil affects you. And you go after wrong conduct because you're not thankful. The Lord says, not foolishness, or he says, no fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, foolishness, not jesting, which are not convenient... Uh, all of this stuff, he said it will be eliminated if you just give thanks. And so giving thanks will cause us to reject a lot of these bad, bad things and bad conduct. You see, Adam and Eve would never have tasted that fruit if they would have just, first of all, been thankful. And you know, it might be true, we usually say the first sin of Adam and Eve was eating that fruit, desiring something, but maybe something came before that. Maybe they just refused to be thankful. And this thing that God said not to do hadn't appealed to them because they forgot about all the other things. They forgot the blessings they had. I mean, he had the best wife on earth. The only one, but it was the best one. She was the best one. She had the best husband on earth. And really the best one that anyone has ever had because he was absolutely perfect. And she was absolutely perfect. They lived in a perfect surrounding. They had everything they could desire. They had all the fruits of the garden. There was only one thing they could not do, and the devil caused them to forget about the good things, not count their blessings, but center on the thing that they could not have. And because of that, they fell for the the devil's lie, and they ended up with wrong conduct. Philippians chapter 4, Paul said like this, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, Therewith to be content. We need to learn contentment, and you only learn contentment when you learn to count your blessings. And then there's a third thing that counting your blessings helps you with, and that is counting our blessings will help us experience God's peace. It's interesting how the Lord says that. Turn with me in the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Philippians, chapter 4, we're not too far from there where you just turned. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. God wants us to be at peace. You know, God's at peace. God doesn't worry. God doesn't sit up in heaven just twiddling his thumbs wondering what he's going to do or or worrying himself about what somebody's doing and how he's going to work this out. God never does that. God's always in control and there's peace in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord says, I want you to enjoy that peace. The peace of God. And you can have that peace of God, he says, if you'll rejoice in the Lord. So you look at the Lord and say, wow, the Lord is great. Problems might be bad around you, but you don't center your attention on the problems. You center your attention on the Lord, and He's so good to us, and He's such a great God, and rejoice in the Lord. And then don't worry. God's going to take care of this. God's got it in control. It might not be what I like. I might not be able to do anything about it, but I can trust the Lord, and you trust the Lord, and be careful of nothing, and everything give thanks. He says, and Pray. Let your requests be made known unto the Lord. You pray. So you rejoice in the Lord, you don't worry, you pray, and then you're thankful. Thankful to God. And then he says the result will be peace. So you see, counting your blessings will help you experience God's peace. If you won't count your blessings, you will not have God's peace. Daily counting of troubles, headaches, disappointments, and failures... Accompanied by a disregard for God's blessings will defeat you and rob you of the peace that God wants to have, wants you to have. Colossians chapter three verse fifteen says this: "And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. No peace without thankfulness. No peace without counting your blessings. You need to count your blessings." That's the reason God says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. So if our mind is stayed on the Lord, we're thinking about Him, trusting Him through all of our problems. The Lord will keep you in perfect peace. And so God promises that peace. It only comes to those who are thankful. The world doesn't have it. And that's why the Lord says... There is no peace, saith my Lord, to the wicked. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 22. There is no peace to the wicked. Why? They don't know the Lord, and they're not thankful. Another thing is this. Counting our blessings will help us witness for Christ. That's a very practical thing. Psalm 107, we read it a while ago. It says this, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good... And then he says, that his mercy endures forever. And then he says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thankful to the Lord, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Uh, thankful people are the ones who are good witnesses. Thankful people, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. They, they talk about what the Lord's done for them. Verse 22 of that passage says this, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Declare his works with rejoicing. So you're thankful, and so you want to talk about God. You want to talk about his goodness. Psalm 105 says this, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Make known his deeds among the people. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. But it starts with thanksing, thanksgiving. Give thanks unto the Lord, then talk of all his wondrous works. A grumbling, complaining, fault-finding, unhappy Christian can never be a good witness for Jesus Christ. You just can't do it. It's impossible. How can you brag on Jesus when you're sending your attention upon all your troubles? How can you brag on Jesus when all that you think about is the negative things in your life and you complain and you're not counting your blessings? Uh, start counting your blessings and you will, you will not want, want for things to talk about to tell others about Jesus Christ. Not counting our blessings has shut the mouths of many potential witnesses for Jesus. And so if you want to be a good witness, be a good counter. Be a good counter of blessings. Yes, counting your blessings will help you. I've mentioned four things this morning. It will help you recognize the work of God in your life. It will help you recognize the counterfeits that the devil wants to throw, it, throw your way. It'll help you experience God's peace, and it'll help you be a good witness for Jesus Christ. So let's start counting our blessings. Let's practice a little bit this morning. I want to give you some things we should be thankful for. Let's start here. Look at your body. You know, you have a lot to be thankful for. Now you might say, but pastor, I'm broken down, and I'm sick, and all that. Okay, but you're still living, right? You are able to come to church this morning. You're here, so you can count your blessing. You think about your body. It, the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We mentioned that uh, Wednesday night someone brought it up, and we were counting our blessings. They brought up about how they count the, how they appreciate the their senses. Just think of being able to see and hear and smell and taste and feel all those senses. The Lord gave you those. The Lord enabled you to experience those senses. Isn't it good that we're not like like machines? You know, machines have to have fuel. This morning, our furnace had to have some oil so it would run. But that furnace didn't taste that oil. That furnace didn't enjoy that oil. It's just a machine. We're not machines. God gave us our bodies. He made them fearfully and wonderfully made. But our bodies need things. It needs water. It needs nutrition, food. But God made it so that there's a whole variety of food. I mean, isn't it amazing? The variety of food that God has given us. And then God gave us taste buds so we can taste that food. And when we thank the Lord for our food, maybe we should thank the Lord, 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 not only have you given me food, but you've made it so I can enjoy this food. And you can thank the Lord. There's so many things about our body just think of all the systems there are 11 systems in our body i'm not going to go through all of them this morning there's the muscular system and the skeletal system and then a whole bunch of them but let's just mention the respiratory system how you're able to breathe air and you get the oxygen from that air which your body needs how amazing that god made us our lungs like that we've when, during COVID, my wife and I bought a little meter, you know, to put on your finger to determine your oxygen. We found out how important that was because my brother-in-law passed away from COVID. And the first sign was his oxygen was low. And it was Lynn Haddix who went to his house and insisted that, Larry, we need to take your oxygens. And so he let him do it, and it was in the 80s. And the doctor said, you better get to the hospital. In the time you got there, it was in the 60s. You see, when your oxygen level drops, that's very serious. Well, who made it so you could breathe in air and you can get that oxygen? God did. And so you can breathe, you can thank the Lord. You have something to be thankful for. What about your circulatory system? I know some people have had some trouble with their heart. That's the circulatory system. Your heart pumps that blood throughout your body, and it does what it's supposed to do. And it's just a wonderful thing that God has made. What about the nervous system? That sometimes gives us trouble, doesn't it? It gets off whack, and it's really, but it, it can be bad. But the nervous system is really amazing thing that God has made. Then the digestive system, and how God makes it so that we can digest food, and then the reproductive system. We have little children running around today because the reproductive system God made that, and God made everything, and we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And what about the earth that we live on? The order. In the earth. I mean, the, the, that's why the Lord says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The psalmist says, when I consider the heavens, the works of thy fingers, the sun and moon as thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I'm amazed, Lord, at your creation, how wonderful it is. We should be able to thank the Lord for that. What about the, plant, the animal life? We enjoy the animal life. You have your pets, and we have the animals we enjoy. I love seeing the turkey in the wild, and I love to see the deer. It doesn't matter how many deer I see, I always enjoy that, unless they hit your car. <laughs> and But uh, the deer, it's just the animal life the Lord has given in this earth. And we watch these animal programs, you know, and all the different variety of animals all over the world. Who did that? God did that. God made that for our, our joy and our enjoyment, and even for our food, God did that. God made the, the, um, the plant life, and what a variety of plant life there is, the beautiful flowers, and all the vegetation, the things we can raise in our gardens, and, and the trees, and, and the, just the magnitude of all that God has made in the plant life. And then our food that God has made, we've mentioned that already, And then think of the rain that God sends and the sunshine and the moon and the stars and all of God's creation, the change of the seasons. And uh, there's so many things that God has done. And we should be able to not count our troubles so much, but count the blessings and look around and say, God, you are so good. Then we think of people and you think of friends that you have. Those are blessings from God relationship you have in your family, your uh, relationship of husband or wife or, or parent and child or child to their parent or uh, uh, children to their grandparents and, and on and on, you know, just the many wonderful blessings of family. Is there any wonder the devil wants to break that down? And that's one of his tactics today is to try to break down the family unit. Why? Because God gave it, and it's evidence of his goodness. And God is good, and we can thank the Lord for family. And then the family, not only uh, physical family, but church family. I've heard many people say that people in the church, the church family is sometimes dearer than my physical family. And I can understand that. And that's, But with something we need to thank the Lord for. God has done all this for us. And then think of, as far as children, think, or as far as people, think of children. Isn't it a blessing we have little kids around? What a blessing. I mean, my wife can be not feeling well at all, and then a writer comes into the house, and I, it's, a, it's a transformation. <laughs> and Because uh, writer just brings real joy to us, and all the grandkids do. And it's a blessing. You know, we heard the other day from our oldest grandchild that he's engaged to be married. And we were so happy for him. And uh, so uh, he's, he's living in Lewisburg, and she's living in Charleston, I think it is. And he's working in Beckley, West Virginia. But they have these plans to get married. And we're looking forward to that, that celebration. And so all of this is made possible who by who? By God. God is the one who gives all those things. And then let's think of something much more important than that. Let's think of God himself. I mean, if everything is going bad around you, it seems like it is, there's somebody who doesn't disappoint, and that's God. I mean, you might not understand everything he's doing, but I'll guarantee if you knew all the facts, it would not disappoint you because he works all things together for good to those that love the Lord. We serve a great God. He's a powerful God. He's an all-knowing God. He's an everywhere present God. He's a caring God, a loving God. We serve a great God. And then to think of the fact that he sent his son Jesus to die for us so we could spend eternity in heaven. I mean, if you have troubles down this earth, and all of us do, Think about what's coming and think about who provided that for us. And that is Jesus. He suffered for us on the cross of Calvary. He paid for our sins. He rose from the grave. He did all that so that we can one day enjoy His presence in heaven and be with Him forever and ever. Thank the Lord for Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit who indwells us. We can thank Him for all that he does for us. He's the one that convicts us of sin. He's the one that leads us and guides us. He's the one that assures us. He's the one that indwells us and lives and lives in us all the time. We can thank the Lord for, for, the, for the Holy Spirit. And then we can thank the Lord for the Scripture. It's the book I preach from, the Word of God. And this is most precious to the Christian because in it we find out where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. The world doesn't know that. Those three simple things, they don't know. But we know it. We know where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. Where do we find that? In the Bible. We know about God's, how, how God made the original man. We know all about that. And creation. And all, how God brought things to being. We know those things. We know about the future, what's what's coming. And we have all those because of the scripture. We can thank the Lord for our salvation. If you're really down and you've got a lot of things going on bad, just say, Lord, help me to think about what you've done for me and my salvation. Think about his grace. You don't deserve to know Jesus. You don't deserve to be in his family. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve to have the assurance that I'm going to go to heaven someday because I'm a sinner, sinner saved by grace. Thank the Lord for his grace. Thank the Lord for his forgiveness. I often witness in the people, I'll take a book and say, now let's pretend that this is your, a story of your life. Every bad thing you ever did, thought, deed, everything, it's recorded here. And I ask them questions. question, would you want me to read it? If they're honest, they will say, and I've had some people say, I wouldn't mind if you read it. Well, I would mind if you read mine. <laughs> There's things about me that only God knows about, and I'm glad it's that way. And don't be pious and and say that's not true of you. Yes, it is true of you. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You wouldn't want somebody to read your book. But just think about it. God forgave you of all that. Not only that, but all the sins you will commit. God forgives you of that because of Jesus. Forgiveness, adoption into His family. You're a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You belong to Him. You're justified, declared righteous. You're sanctified, set apart unto Jesus. You have eternal life. You will never die. And you have the privilege of praying and talking to the God of the universe every day. You get the point? We have a lot of blessings, don't we? And then you can think about our future. We have the promise of a brand new body. You might be saying, well, I don't feel good today. I have a headache or I'm hurting here and hurting there. I can't get up and walk like I used to and I can't do this and I can't do that. And the Lord says, no, wait a minute. Before you start complaining, remember what I did for you. And remember, I promised you I'm going to give you a brand new body. No aches, no pains, no sin, nothing. And you'll be forever young, forever and ever and ever. You'll never get old. That's coming. We have a new body. But not only that, we have a new home. We're going to live in heaven with the Lord. And then after we've been there for a while, we're going to come back with him and rule and reign with him on this earth. And then after that, he's going to destroy this earth, make a brand new heaven, a brand new earth, bring the new Jerusalem, which is in heaven right now, down from heaven and set it on that brand new earth. And we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. That's a lot to be thankful for. We have so much to look forward to. The Bible says it like this. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I mean, we should praise God for how good he is and he's done so many wonderful things for us. And that's repeated. Psalm 107, verse 8. Psalm 107, verse 15. Verse 21 and verse 31. says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. We can say, after we've counted our blessings, we can say, I I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So Christians, what should we do? Well, the Lord says this in James, Draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. Think about that. The Lord says, Draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. When you draw nigh to the Lord and the Lord draws nigh to you and you understand how great he is and how good he is, would you feel like as you're there close to the Lord complaining to him? I don't think you would. Now, that doesn't mean we can't say, Lord, I don't understand this and I pray about it. You can pray about things and the Lord says, cast your care on him. Sure, you're supposed to do that. But to stand before the Lord and say, I don't understand this. Why are you doing this to me? I don't like this, and I don't like that. And you're complaining to the Lord. You would not do that if you've drawn close to the Lord and He's drawn close to you. You see, when you draw close to the Lord and He draws close to you, it's going to make some differences in your life. It's going to make you concerned about the way you look. I've often said that a Christian should have some class. I don't mean you're to be snobbish or anything like that. We're different, folks. We're different than the world. We should look different than the world. We should smell different than the world sometimes. I mean, we should want to be clean. We should want to be respectable. We should want to be God's people representing Him. And when you draw, draw close to the Lord, you'll want to be uh, the Lord to, to approve of the way you look. You'll want the Lord to approve of the way you speak because you're close to Him. you want to appro- the Lord to approve of the way that you, that you talk that's the way that you act. And he'll, you want the Lord to approve of the, the company that you keep and all of that because you've drawn close to the Lord. And then finally, I'd say this. If you draw close to the Lord, he draws close to you. There, will something, there is something you will definitely do, and that is you will count your blessings. Count your blessings. You won't grumble. You won't complain. You'll count your blessings. May God help us to do that. Count our blessings before the Lord. Father, we thank you today for reminding us that it's so important for us to be thankful people. If we're not a thankful person, we're actually a disobedient person. If we're not a thankful person, we're not experiencing your peace. If we're not a thankful person, Lord, we're not a good witness. If we're not a thankful person, we're falling for the lies of the devil. And if we're not a thankful person, we are not recognizing all the good things that you do for us and how great you are. Help us to be thankful. We pray in Jesus' name.